I knew I had this interest in entrepreneurship, and I just knew that to continue to succeed and to go where I wanted to go, I had to surround myself and find other people that were thinking like I did. And I knew I was going to college soon, and I knew that there was just so many other people outside of this small high school community that I was a part of. So I kind of made it a goal of mine to just put myself out there and connect with other people, which was tough for me because I never like felt comfortable doing that. Hi, this is Shum Sosa, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast. I'm here to inspire you as a teenage kid to overcome any struggle in life. I've interviewed so far 25 people from all around the world who have gone through some type of struggle, suicidal, self-harm, anxiety, depression, divorced parents, whatever it may be. I interview them on how they overcame those struggles and tips on how you can too. I want you to A, find a positive outlet overcome your struggle and make an impact in our community just like all these people have been making an impact on this community i have provided a link in the description the seven quick and easy ways to feel better about yourself i've compiled these tips based off of my interviews and my own experiences and a lot of people have been downloading these tips because they're in this funk and they want something quick and easy to implement right away to for the day so they feel more positive in the day, and it can last throughout the weeks, months, and even years to come. If you have a friend that's in a funk and they can't seem to get out of it, share the Teenage Impact Podcast. You never know. You share one episode with them, and it could change their life forever. Today's guest is Andre Haeckel Jr., and Andre is a 19-year-old entrepreneur. He is the host of Real Talk University and the author of What They Won't Teach You. He's a sophomore at Binghamton University, and he's right now a marketing major, but he's not your typical 19-year-old kid. When he was uh, 15, 16 years old, he started his entrepreneurial ventures in school. He was the biggest introvert, and he cared too much about what other people thought of him. So he kind of kept him to himself. When he was pursuing these entrepreneurship goals that he had, he didn't tell any of his friends. He just told his close family members and that's it. The biggest introvert, but it wasn't until probably around 17, 18 years old where he kind of broke out of his shell and started sharing his mission so he can impact the community. And this podcast episode is going to be how you as an introvert can find your own voice. Give it up for Andre Hickel Jr. Hi, Andre. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Excited to be here. Andre, you remind me so much of actually me when I was um, in high school. You know, I was <laughs> a huge, huge introvert. I was also insecure about not having a girlfriend at that time. And I really felt like I couldn't find my own voice. Now, I, w- I want to hear about high school, Andre. You're right now a sophomore in college, but I want to hear how you were freshman through senior year in high school. My high school was, I, I attended a private uh, Catholic school in my area, always had like a small, a small class. So everyone just knew each other. Everyone was really friends with each other. Everyone knew what was going on in each other's life, which was cool. Like I liked that sense of community and family, but there are also obviously downsides to that because everyone knew 
what everyone wasn't doing or what they, you know, what they were doing, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so basically throughout high school, I kind of just, I guess, and I talk about this in my book a lot as well, is like I kind of just stuck to one peer group, which consisted mainly of just my brother and my two cousins. And that's really what I thought was the most important aspect of, of getting through high school is just having someone you could automatically go to or having a group you could automatically trust. I called it my entourage or we called each other the entourage. And um, that was, I think, the biggest thing in high school for me was having family, like a group of family that's close in age that all had the same interests. Everyone had the each other's best interests in mind. And, and from there, it just kind of helped get through you know, some of the things everyone goes through in high school. The, what were some of the things you had to go through in high school? Uh, just, I mean, just classic stuff like not getting invited to parties, not being in the friend groups you might want to be in, not being the popular kid. But for me, like those really were never huge problems for me because I always knew where I wanted to go. I just had like, I was blessed with like really good family. I always, like I said, even with my support group of like two cousins and a brother, but outside of that, like my grandpa and my dad always just like inspired me to see where I wanted to go in the future in entrepreneurship. That's kind of what I'm pursuing now. I mean, in high school, I kind of just did that on my own. I never really told anyone about it. No one really knew what I was doing or what I was into. It's kind of it was just my own thing. So I think that um, was one of the things in high school that I definitely wish I could go back and do and kind of share my voice and share my passion with others around me. And I didn't really end up doing that until as soon as I graduated. Um, and I think that kind of just pinpoints the introvert in myself and uh, how, how things are kind of influenced by other people's opinions, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Now, you said you kind of kept to yourself. Did you attempt to make friends or is it something that you chose, you know, hey, I'm going to just keep to myself? Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I had friends in high school. It's just that, like, I was never really sharing my goals or my passion as much as I would with my family, with my friends, if that makes sense. Like, I definitely had friends. I still hang out with my high school friends to this day. Had a really good group. Again, it's like a, a small high school, so I had you know, like a small sense of community. So we really just grew up together since like the first grade or whatever. So I have a close group of friends, but it's just not on that level of like sharing what, what my passions were or what I was really interested in because no one else in the group was, was aligned with that. What were some of your entrepreneurship goals in high school? So in high school, I actually started a business, my first business in 10th grade. And that was just like an online reselling business for sneakers. So I always had like this big interest and love for like Jordan and LeBron sneakers. But as a 10th grade high school student, I had one problem was, and that was not being able to afford more than one pair of these shoes. Uh, so what I did was I, I discovered like the resale market where you can buy shoes when they release for retail and in the aftermarket, they sell for double. Uh, so I started to do this slowly and started to build up like capital, which allowed me to buy more and more. And then eventually I turned it into an online business where I just did it for other people. And that was, that was my first business, but I knew I wanted to do something more than that, like to actually innovate or create a startup or do something similar to like my grandfather or my dad, because they were both big time entrepreneurs that I was surrounded by on a daily basis. So I always knew like I wanted to do something bigger than just like a simple online business. But that 
that there taught me, you know, just economic, customer service, failure, how to deal with failure. That was a big thing in high school because no one else was going through through that kind of stuff that I could like find a support system to talk through it. So that was kind of tough. And yeah, like I just learned a lot from doing that. And it also allowed me to like have an income that uh, like I didn't have to do an after school job. I didn't have to have a summer job because I was making more than enough money from doing what I was doing just on a regular basis. Wow. You remind me so much of some of the other high school entrepreneurs I've interviewed in the past, uh, Casey Adams, Laura, Mark Metry, you know, they've all made money while they were 15, 16 years old. And not that they also had friends, but just like you said, you had a certain vision, you had certain goals in mind that certain people in high school probably would not understand. And as you do grow older, you realize that nothing changes. It's not even about high school, college, or even post-college. It's literally, you're going to be like that when you pursue entrepreneurship. There's going to be people around you that you grew up with that, you know, you might not want to share because they might not understand. Did you ever have people saying, not making fun of you, but really not understanding where you're coming from? Yeah, it's definitely more of that, like them just not understanding it because it's not something they're used to. It's not a part of their lives. It's not a part of most of their friends' lives. So it's just kind of, there's there was always that confusion and that gap. It's that separation. It's like, you do you. We don't really question or to talk about it. And it was just one of those things that I always, I always kept to myself. Mm-hmm. And what's that transition from, you know, you kind of, kept to yourself about your own goals and and now towards maybe the senior year or first year in college where you're more open about it yeah so I knew I had this interest in entrepreneurship and I just knew that to continue to succeed and to go where I wanted to go I had to surround myself and find other people that were thinking like I did and I knew I was going to college soon and I knew that there was just so many other people outside of this small high school community that I was a part of. So I kind of made it a goal of mine to just put myself out there and connect with other people, which was tough for me because I never like felt comfortable doing that. Uh, but I knew I had to do that. And throughout the summer, I, I found some groups and some other, uh, some other things that I became a part of like with people in Albany, which like two hours away from me and, and found some good friends and mentors and learned a lot from them. But it didn't really start until college uh, when my, my buddy and I that I met in college uh, kind of, you know, came together and had these same interests, which was cool for me because I didn't really, I've never really talked to many people like that at my age. And then we, we like started sharing these interests and going around and realizing that nobody else had them. So we started a podcast where we would interview successful entrepreneurs and share those stories to, in hopes to inspire people around us to see like, this is really happening. This is what's going on outside of the classroom. You don't, you're not just limited to, you know, finish your degree, get a job and, and all that kind of stuff. So that was our goal with that. And ever since we've done that, we've done interviews every week um, since last year. And We've just grown our network of like-minded people to like an extent that I never could have imagined. Mm-hmm. And what what inspired you to first start your podcast and second, write your book? 
Yeah, so the podcast definitely came before the book. And the reason I wanted to start the podcast was just because like I like so clearly saw what was going on in, in college and, and then also in the outside world of all these people having success doing something they love on the internet. And then in college, nobody like even realizing that stuff like that was going on. And then just stressing about little things like tests or resumes or grades. And it just, I just felt like obligated to, to do my best to share that message. And it started with the podcast and the podcast was great. And then I guess I, I just kind of set a goal for myself in 2019. So in that January, I just thought to myself, how can I double down on, on that? How could I share my message even more? And one of the things I came up was writing a book. And I knew that was, that would be the, that was probably the toughest thing for me because writing is probably one of my biggest insecurities, even speaking like those are the, my two biggest insecurities as an introvert. Like I'm not confident speaking and I'm not confident with my writing. And well, why would you say that? I just, I'm not confident in like my English abilities. And that was always in, in high school. I was a really good student. Like I had a really high GPA and did really well in class except for English though that was always my biggest struggle so writing a book and me too yeah (laughs) yeah so I I just I hate speaking I I hated putting myself out there and then writing was just like one of the things that just was not easy for me to do and then to put out into the public for the first time was just like even scarier but I knew that that was something that I needed to do because some people learn from listening to the podcast. Some people learn from attending events and other people, a lot of people, especially most people I work with learn from reading books and I didn't have that yet. So I figured if I really care about this message and if I really care about reaching as many students and lives and impacting these people as possible, then I need to hold myself accountable and write a book. And it was a lot easier than I thought it'd be. And it was one of the, the most fun things that I've ever done. And I'm, in the process of writing my second one. So it's cool. How, how did you really get over that hurdle, that insecurity about, hey, I'm not good at writing or I'm not good at speaking? How can an introvert that also feels the same? Because I know for myself, my two biggest insecurities was writing. I was never good at writing and speaking because English was not my first language. And so I went to speech ESO class for seven years, got made fun of for the way I spoke. And now I speak and now I'm writing my book and you're doing the same thing. So how can people in those similar situations do the same thing? It's, it's, it's really simple. And it just comes down to action. Like you could sit there and think about it and, and think and drop all the possibilities that could come from what you're, you're about to do. But if you just take action, every, all that goes away. Everything that you're thinking goes away. And now you're in the moment of, okay, how can I, make this to the best of my ability and and everything else just just disintegrates and for me that was the same thing with the podcast as soon as we came up with the idea for the podcast I wasn't even thinking like oh what are people going to think about me oh is this going to be good oh how like I'm going to be a loser none of that stuff happened I was just so in tune with the message so I feel like one find something that you're really passionate about like something that you like will keep you up at night and something that will overcome thoughts of anxiety or, or fear or, or fear judgment, whatever else. And then take immediate action. 
Because as soon as you take action, everything else goes away. Now you're in the moment of how do I make it to the best of my ability? How do I share with the world? How do I do better myself? How do I continue to learn? How do I find others to share this message with? And all those fears and doubts go away. And I think that was my biggest issue in, in high school is that that was all I was doing. I was never taking action. I was just thinking, mapping it out, trying to come up with the perfect plan. And, and soon you'll realize there's never the perfect plan. You just have to get started. Otherwise, you never will. And then uh, just to add on to action, you know, when, when you do start speaking and writing and doing all these things that you thought you weren't good at in high school or middle school, people, th there might be, you know, a couple that might criticize you. But people who actually believe in your vision and people who actually believe in your mission and align with what you're trying to accomplish, they will come and help you. Or they will come and support you or they will come and listen because it's not about your writing it's not about your speaking it's about you and people will believe in you not how you speak you could be the highest paid speaker but not be the best speaker because uh, gary v he's not the best speaker <laughs> but everyone loves him but in high school he wouldn't be considered like the best speaker because he all curses and all that stuff. But people don't care about that. It's authenticity. Yeah, that's all it is. And that was one thing too, when I put out the podcast, I expected people, you know, to like make fun of me or say things about it. And like, you get that and it's fun. It's just, it comes with anything you do, but more so than that is you start to see other people open up to you that you would have never expected to happen. Uh, just simple things of like finding other people that are so inspired by you sharing your passion that it inspires them to actually go out and try it for themselves. And stuff like that is just so much more important than someone just like making a joke about what you do. And it's, I, I'm just so past that. And like, you don't see it as much as you ever think you would. And it's just, it comes with anything, you know, you're going to get that regardless. Otherwise you're not doing anything like what you're doing isn't important enough. If that doesn't come, that's what people have to understand. It's like, if you're not getting made fun of, if people aren't hating on your mission or questioning what you're doing, then what you're doing doesn't matter to the scale that you need it to matter at. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a post on Instagram about like all your failures, which I loved um, because I can totally relate to of every single one of your failures. And, you know, people, like you said, don't take action because you're too scared. Talk about some of your failures you've had in the past. Definitely. And that post on Instagram, that's another tough thing that I never thought I'd be able to overcome is just to put something like that out there. A lot of people came to me and were just like inspired by me opening up and, and being vulnerable and authentic, uh, which was cool. And it was cool for me too, because it allowed me to like reflect on my past. And I'm actually writing, like in my book, that's one of the big talking points is like the anti-case study. Um, so yeah, so I could touch on a few of the failures. And one of the biggest things with that, uh, before I go into it, is the Instagram post he's referring to. It's just a list of all these different ventures and ideas that I tried. Next to every one of them is, is the word failure. A lot of people could take that the wrong way. Like failure can mean a whole bunch of stuff. But to me, none of those were really failures because one, I made some money from them. More money than I would have just taken a, a simple nine to five after hours job. Two, I learned a ton of different lessons in entrepreneurship, such as customer service, sales, building a team, firing people, all like app development anything that goes into entrepreneurship that's where i learned is from each and every one of those ventures 
And then the third and final thing is meeting these people that you would have never connected with if it, if you didn't put yourself out there. Um, but there's a whole bunch of actual failures that I could talk about. Like I had an app in high school called Your Call and we had a pitch deck and we had interested investors and I had a team of four people and we thought it was going to be the next billion dollar idea. And so I had like 20 or 30 grand by senior year saved up from all my other ventures like aggregated money, which wasn't like a, a lot from all the time I put into it, but it was an, like a lot for a high school student. And my whole thing is to always reinvest, always reinvest, never spend it. There's there's nothing I really ever needed to spend money on. So I put that money into app development for this year call app and it just went to shit. Like it just, it never worked out. It was never a good idea from the beginning. And there were so many things I learned from that process. It's just like, like you have to test if you have an idea for a business rather than trying to go and, and sprint to the finish line to build a product, like take a step back and ask people if they actually want it. And if they actually want it, would they pay for it? Those are two questions that you always have, have to ask when you come up with an idea for a product or an app or anything along those lines. It's like you need, you need customers to actually make it a viable plan. And that was just something that we didn't have, unfortunately. And even if you think it's the best idea, other people out there probably don't, or maybe they do. You just have to at least go out and find out before you make that risk of investing a few thousand dollars into app development. So that was definitely a big failure that I made. And there are a whole other big ones, but mostly from that, I think the lesson to be learned is like iteration. Um, you're not going to hit a home run on your first swing. It takes time after time after time to learn the lessons that you need to learn to set up for whatever the success in the future is going to be. But I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for those iterations. So I'm definitely grateful for each and every one of those, which I I wanted the message to be is, is yeah, like there's failures here, but I want to be who I am without them. And I would never go back. I have no regrets. I'm grateful for every every step of the way. That's so true. Because without, you know, we call it failure, but it's really lessons learned because it sets you up for the next time, time around. What can a 15 or 16 year old do? You know, they might have an idea. They don't have any support. They don't really want to tell their family members or their friends because they know what they'll say. What can immediate actions um, be for a 15, 16 year old? So I think for 15 and 16 year olds, and this is what I would tell, I guess, my own 16 year old self back then is, is stop trying to build the next Apple or Uber. Uh, in high school, you're so limited to the amount of time you have to actually work on something like this. You're so young. No, not many people are going to take you so serious at that time. So I think the best thing, which I should have doubled down on, is is focus on what you can learn while you have that time to set you up for success when you have the time to go all in on your, your Apple idea or your Uber idea. Um, and I kind of did the process backwards. I started off doing that. What I mean by this is like simple resale, like buy and sell cards, buy and sell shoes, something to make money. But at the same time, you're learning, you know, economics, you're learning supply and demand, you're learning customer service, you're learning sales, you're learning uh, how to do things over the Internet that most high school kids don't know. You're just putting yourself out there and, and getting yourself an experience that also allows you to bring in an income that most high school students don't ever see. Uh, so resale game was definitely my biggest one that I always recommend to young entrepreneurs on the internet. Um, there's tons of other side hustles. You can learn how to build websites. 
could learn how to manage people's social media, like being able to cultivate a message for a brand on social media is so important nowadays and everybody needs it and nobody knows how to do it. So there's big opportunity there, but all these things that the important thing here is like, I get you want to build the next Uber and you want to be the next Steve jobs, but it's not going to happen in high school. Like I hate to say it to you. And if you spend all your time working on something like that, you're going to come to a point where you've wasted so much time and energy that you're going to hate it by the time it's actually ready to be something successful. You're just going to hate it so much. You're not going to work on it for another hour. Um, but if you do the things like resell, do a side hustle, team up with a few of your friends and start a clothing business or anything that can actually lead to like income or actual money or actual results, whether they be a thousand dollars or $10,000 or a hundred thousand dollars, that's the besides the point. If you do all those by time you're graduated high school or, or college, you'll have enough money. You'll have enough of a knowledge base built up from these experiences. You'll have a network that you could tap into and some experience that you could, you know, fall back on as for confidence to then begin the journey of building your Apple or your Uber, if that makes sense. So I think a lot of people have the process backwards and I definitely found that out. And that's something that I've learned through my iterations. So. And that's a good point because when you think of Facebook, when you think of Apple, when you think of Uber, when you think of Amazon, all those CEOs, th that wasn't their first venture. They started back when they were 10 years old, uh, you know, s selling baseball cards or selling whatever, or programming like a small thing to sell to a big company. It was a lot of small things added up and eventually they got to that big idea. But no one ever talks about when they were like 10 or 12 or 13 years old or 14 years old. They always talk about the thing that hit. Exactly. Yeah, that's the one thing is you never see, you know, like that iceberg illusion that you see on social media. It's like there's a tip of the iceberg, which everyone sees, which is like the success, the money, the fame. But no one ever sees the bottom of the iceberg, which is like four times the size of the top, which is the hours, the sleepless nights, the time, the money, the investment. And that's, I mean, that's the truth. There's nothing more true to entrepreneurship than that analogy, I think. And it goes to show, especially with like Mark Zuckerberg and Peter Thiel and Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, like they didn't just build that company. Like say, like that wasn't their first rodeo, you know, they were entrepreneurs from the start. Gary Vee talks about it all the time. He was selling candy in high school. He wasn't building VaynerMedia, but because he did all those things leading up to doing VaynerMedia, it allowed him to do it to a, a much bigger scale than he would have if it, if it were for those experiences. Yeah, I mean, I would always say, like, I did door-to-door -door sales right after I graduated college, and, you know, that was a tough one, but uh, taught me discipline, taught me hard work, taught me about rejection. And, you know, get a sales job, I would say, the biggest thing. If, you know, you don't build something, at least get a sales job and a sales mentor. Sales is one of the biggest skills you can learn early on, but it's looked down upon. Yep, um, sales, I mean, for me, sales was huge because as an introvert and coming out of high school, like not many people have that ability or that skill set. Um, and I took a job right at the end of my senior year in high school at a, at a local sales organization, which was just cold calling every day. And, that experience was awesome because talk about being outside of your comfort zone, right? Picking up the phone every day, going into work, knowing that you're going to have to pick up the phone 
30 or 40 times to talk to people that you never talked about to sell them something that you don't truly believe in. That right there was, I think, kicked me out of that introvert state. And I think a lot of people benefit from that. I've already, like, I'm done with that job. I've been there for over a year. I just couldn't, um, I didn't have time for it anymore because of the the other work that I've been doing. But I've just referred so many friends to that job and the things that they've gotten out of it and the ways like they've grown in their careers from just a simple sales job is unbelievable. So definitely agree with you on that. When you're in high school, you said your father and grandfather were entrepreneurs. What was the best piece of advice they've ever given you? Man, that's tough. So it's, it's probably different for both. Um, I, I guess my dad... Uh, so my dad is an entrepreneur in his own way, really. He had like a restaurant business and then he just went straight into real estate. So I guess the best piece of advice that I've ever gotten from my dad was just to be, I guess, smart with money. And he was always the one that kept me in check with doing things the right way, like legally filing an LLC. And also, I, I guess now I'm just thinking about it. I've never really thought about it. It's like if it's too good to, if it sounds too good to be true, then it is. Um, there's a lot of things on the internet nowadays where it's like get rich quick schemes and like how to make money in a short amount of time, and, and that just doesn't exist. So I think my the biggest lesson learned from my dad is like it takes hard work, time, and effort to create true value that actually lasts to like support a family. And I've seen that firsthand. He might not have told me that like straight up but I've just seen that and learned that from watching him over the years uh, my grandpa's a different story so he um, was like a high school principal and he started this coupon book company and just grown it to like one of the biggest small businesses in the area after 30 or so years and for him I guess like the biggest thing that I've always learned from him was like all it takes is one idea uh, all it takes is one idea and also like keep it in the family his business has been built around a core group of his family, which consists of himself and his two sons and his daughter and everyone else in the family around that just supports them. And having like a, a family business that doing well and supporting the entire family at the same time is just like a dream of mine, I guess. So I, I guess like that's not really advice, but that's something that I definitely look up to from him is like start a, a business that you can run inside of the family to support the family and all it takes is one idea so even though you might have had 10 failures in the past or 10 ideas that didn't work out that next idea might be the one that lets you retire in Laguna Beach or have a family of 10 or whatever your dreams and goals might be mm -hmm. and what's the worst piece of advice not from them but just in general that he received I guess the worst piece of advice I've ever received is that, I mean, it's it's not like from a single person that I could pinpoint, but just like society as a whole is just telling you like to play it safe. I, I just cannot stand like that, that whole idea behind playing it safe. It just makes no sense, especially at our age. And I'm assuming most of your audience is our age because you interview people of our age. It It just, completely it makes no sense at all to play it safe at this age because we're so young like I'm 19 and I mean I'm young and I, I realize that and people tell me that all the time is like I'm really young and if I you know screw it up for the next six years and nothing comes from what I've been doing at the very least I have a college degree I have a family that loves me I have a network of people that I've built up over those six years from doing what I've been doing 
and I could go and get a job and, and live a normal life like other people do. But I have six years. I have 11 years. I don't know how many years you want to put on it, but like we have not just me, everyone else out there. We have so many years to actually take risks and try things out that other people are not willing to try. And the opportunity today with the internet and the way the economy is going, it's just unbelievable. There's like no reason not to, to take a huge risk on in, in college. You don't have house payments. You don't have car payments. You don't have kids to take care of. You don't have any of those obligations that tie you down. So, so like they're like, you're going to really, really regret not taking a risk at this time in your life and whether it's successful or not, it's all about regret, which is one thing that I love that Gary talks about is regret. And it, I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people in our generation are going to look back at this, you know, this time in their life and really regret not taking a risk because they're going to be tied down to a nine to five job that they don't really like trying to support a family they love. And it's just not going to be the, the ultimate life that they could have had if they were to just take a risk and go outside their comfort zone. Yeah. I mean, high school and college, I would say it's the best time to take a risk. I didn't start taking a risk. I think till I was 25 and I wish I had, you know, someone like you that, you know, your personality where I'm, where I said, you know, I'm going to do something good on myself. You know, I was, I was one of those high school kids where I said, I might get a job. I wasn't really sure. Actually, I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was in middle school, but I just never had, I never pushed myself to up until probably 22, 23. So what are your goals? For the Man, I have <laughs> for the next year. Few years, you know. So one of the things for me personally, like, yeah, I have goals, but I'm not like that huge person that like sets concrete goals, right? The way I look at goals is, is different than a lot of people, but it works for me. And I recommend you do whatever works for you. And I focus on the inputs, right? So a lot of people, when they set goals, they focus on the outputs, like, okay, $100,000 next year, or, you know, a house or a family or like goals that are outputs, results, right? And like, I used to be that kind of person, but I realized like, no matter what, as much as you think you can, you can't control those outcomes. And what you can control is the inputs. So say you want to make $100,000 next year, that might require 100 cold calls a day. So that's my goal. I want to make 100 cold calls a day. If I get $100,000, great. If not, then it doesn't matter because I still did my goal. I did what I knew it was going to take to get to that, that desired outcome. So I focus more on the inputs. What can I do to, to get closer to that number? And, don't, and I don't get caught up over the results because for me personally, that was one of my biggest weaknesses is like, I set these big goals and I was doing all these things and I, I felt like I was doing so much work and making so much progress yet I fell short of these goals and it just killed momentum, killed confidence. And those are really super important things that you need, especially in this game of entrepreneurship. It gets lonely and it gets tough and it's it, like a lot of people just quit and opt out. Um, so for me, I just focus on what, like, what can I do and just trust and have the confidence and the faith uh, that the results will come uh, and when they're supposed to come. It might not be when you expect them, but when they do come, they're going to come when you most need them or when like at the optimal time. So I always focus on my inputs, but long-term goals really is just to have like a family, 
just similar to what I've been born and raised in, you know, just a supportive family, big group of people and um, obviously some, some kind of success in business and entrepreneurship and nothing like too crazy. You know, mm -hmm. it's just really focusing on the inputs and trusting that I'll get to where I need to be uh, when the time is right. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. And Andre even mentioned, you know, I asked him about his struggles and he, he said, you know, yes, he had some struggles, but he came from a really good family, came from a really good life, no complaints. And it's okay if you come from a good family, not everyone's going to have the same struggle. Some people face struggle early on, some people face struggle later on. So not to say he didn't have any struggle, but he was very grateful for you know, his upbringing and coming from a very phenomenal family, which is okay. And this podcast is not only for people who came from a rough upbringing. It's for anyone who wants to actually make an impact in our community, like Andre is making an impact. Now, do you have any last tips, Andre? Not that I could think of. I guess my biggest thing is just to start. Um, so I kind of have like a success triangle that I've come up with and that's just consistency, continuous learning and patience. So uh, obviously you have to start to go through that cycle. Um, but once you get started with something, stay consistent as you're staying consistent, be sure to like be open to learning. Continuous learning is super important. And then the last step is patience, patience on the results, not on the input. A lot of people get that wrong. A lot of people take patience as like, Oh, like, you know, I'm, I'm patient. I'll be successful in 10 years. That means I don't have to do as much work. That's not, that's not what people are trying to tell you with patience. Patience is, is on the results, not on the inputs. So that's a big misconception that I think a lot of people my age get. Um, but yeah, that's like the success triangle for me. That's worked for me at least is consistency, continuous learning and patience. And if you just combine those three and, and, you know, be good with what you're doing, like actually care and, and do something that you can feel good about, then I think you'll you'll be in good shape. Good advice, good advice. And where can people find you? Uh, I'm just on Instagram. It's Andre Haeckel Jr. Uh, you can look me up on Google or on Amazon or on podcasts, uh, and you can find some of my content, my books, my podcasts, anything of that nature, just by looking up my name. So Awesome, man. Thanks so much, brother. And, you know, this was, uh, you know, we've been – on and off for about a couple months, but I'm glad we finally got to do this podcast. Yeah, me too, man. I appreciate it. That was, that was a fun time. <laughs> Take care, brother. I love interviewing Andre uh, for several reasons. Well, first, uh, he's a young entrepreneur, and I'm always excited to interview young entrepreneurs, especially those who pursue in uh, high school. And second is because he reminds me a little bit like myself. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur when I'm younger and I didn't really want to share any of my journey or my success because I was too afraid of what other people would think of me. Also, he's an introvert. I was an introvert. English, um, writing and speaking wasn't his strong suit. English and writing was also not my strong suit. So we had a lot of commonalities between us and I really want to uh, take away, uh, give three takeaways from this whole podcast episode. Number one, is he mentioned that he was the biggest introvert. He wasn't good at speaking or writing. But the biggest thing you can do if you're too insecure about some of your abilities is to take action and reason, figure everything else, everything else later. When you have some insecurities, it usually has nothing to do with anyone else but yourself and your own thoughts. 
It's what you think your insecurities are. And because of that, you're not taking action. Well, Andre took action. He said, you know what? Even though I'm not, I think I'm not good at writing, I'm going to write this book. Even though I'm not going to speak, I'm going to start this podcast. And he's really interviewed some of the greatest entrepreneurs in the world so far as a 19-year-old kid. And that wouldn't have happened if he didn't take action. So first takeaway is take action. Second takeaway is do not try to build the next big Apple or Uber or anything like that. While you're in high school, while you're a teenage kid, develop the skills that's going to take to possibly build the next Apple or Uber. Right now, when you're in high school, it's a learning time. Have as many small projects as possible. You know, go sell books or shoes or go uh, program a small website to sell to another company. Whatever it is, take on small little projects that teaches you customer service, that teaches you about sales, that teaches you about program, that teaches you about online marketing. So when it comes down to five to 10 years later, that's when you have all those skills accumulated to build the next big business. And number third thing you can do is really share your journey. That's what I took out of it. Even though you might be an introvert on the inside and you might be shy, there's other people you can still relate to. When you're not speaking about your journey, when you're not opening up about an entrepreneur ventures, even though you might be afraid of what other people will say, you're actually being selfish in my eyes because you can be impacting someone else who's also in the journey or someone who's less further along than you are. And you can be inspiring them to go on and take that leap of faith because they can relate to you more than anyone else. So don't be afraid to share your journey, even though you might be an introvert. So don't be afraid to share your journey. Um, take action right away. It doesn't matter about your insecurities. And number three, don't try to build the next big business. Try to learn the skills that's going to take to build the next big business. And if you haven't done so, Go ahead, if you're an Apple podcast, go ahead and rate and review the Teenage Impact Podcast because the Teenage Impact Podcast is the best podcast out there for to inspire any teen to overcome any struggle in life so they can make an impact. So once you rate and review, my podcast will be ranked a little bit higher so I can impact more teens. So go ahead and do that. And until next time, peace.